0: Hi, this is Greg Kelstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an Agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to TechSystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, the center of experience, a blueprint for creating an experience led organization now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of CareerGig, and the host of the agile world podcast. Today we're going to talk about social innovation and its importance to business. By taking a new look at how innovation is defined within an organization, progress can be made in areas that have previously been difficult to address. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Paul Spires, host of the New PL Principles and Leadership in Business podcast series, and founder of the New PL Brand Purpose Institute. First, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background?
1: Sure. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invitation today, Greg. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. My background, uh, I've been in the creative industries and the marketing industries and and innovation sector for for most of my uh, working life. been an entrepreneur for many years and founded and run a few businesses, including my marketing and creative agencies and Surfwear Clothing brand and bits and bobs. Um, A few years back, I experienced a particularly unpleasant and unethical incident in one of my businesses that nearly took the business to the wall and, and turned my personal life upside down and it was at that point that I had the idea for the new PL. and um, the, the new p stands for principles and leadership um, and I just felt there was a as a result of that experience there was a better way a more ethical way more principled way of doing business. Um, that idea sat in the background for a little while um, and then last year I decided to just test the water a little bit with the podcast. Um, so I launched the New PNL podcast in October last year. Uh, and it just seemed to create a momentum of its own. Um, it really resonated with the guests that I was uh, inviting onto the show, resonated with the audience. So much so to the point that this month we've launched the New PL Institute, which is a, uh, a brand purpose consultancy um, which looks to work with businesses to. Realign, reevaluate, and redefine their values and their purpose at the heart of their business.
0: Great. Well, I'm looking forward to talking some more about that. Let's start by talking about your your podcast, uh, the new PNL Principles in Leadership and Business, and your focus on social innovation. So, um, and and let's let's start that with the definition of you know, what is social innovation and how would you define that for those listening and why is it important?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there are a number of definitions of social innovation like anything today, I guess digital transformation is another great example. But for the purposes of this discussion, let's work off the the World Economic Forum's uh, definition. They say it's the application of innovative, practical, sustainable, business-like approaches that achieve a positive and or social uh, and environmental change. So that's a great definition, but in my view, if we want businesses to embrace social innovation more fully and we need to be more inclusive than exclusive in the definition of it. So we need to be open in the way we define it, and the core principles can be adopted in some way in as many businesses as possible. So I think social innovation needs to be defined in three core ways. The first is the most obvious, and it's in line with uh, the traditional definition, and that is where the product or the innovation itself is socially innovating, um, so we're developing products and services that directly aim to solve a, a challenge or a problem in society. The second way we can look at social innovation is, let's say, the constituent parts of that product or the way it's manufactured. How can we look at the manufacturing process, look at the constituent parts of that product and make that product to ensure it's more in line with the needs of some society or has less impact on society. So using more sustainable materials, for example, or a more sustainable uh, manufacturing process. And then the third, and there are some great examples out there of businesses that do this, and that's using the third definition of social innovation is what we do with the profit generated from the business or the product that we sell. How do we take that profit and invest some of it in social innovation enterprises, whether that's through partnership or through the investment structure or reinventing new products within the business itself. And I think the key word in that phrase was investment. You know, it's not a, this isn't charitable innovation. It's social innovation. We want to return on that investment like any other innovation.
0: That's great. Well, yeah. And what what are the biggest gaps or maybe the most immediate gaps that you see in in how companies are either applying social innovation or um, not as the, as the case may be. And, you know, what, it? what are your, what are you hoping to accomplish not only with the podcast, but um, you know, the Institute it, itself?
1: I think the, the ultimate and, and, and I guess rather grand and ambitious aim of the new PL is to, to encourage a more principled and purpose-driven approach to the way leaders and management teams run their businesses, the way they, Develop their products, treat their staffs, their customers, their suppliers, and the communities they serve. But the first step in that is, is mindset. Um, so part of the purpose of the new PNL podcast is to inspire leaders to think a bit differently. And then in the next step is action, and that's where the consultancy work through the institute comes in. Um, you know, I, I personally I refute the claim that you know you can't be more principled and have purpose and still be profitable um, that a business has to rely solely on profit. And, you know, we say in the intro to the new PNL podcast, that business needs a new PNL, one that is as much focused on principles and leadership as it is on profit and loss, because we believe, and I think the research shows as well, that if your principles are right and aligned with your purpose and your leadership has a clear vision and focus and strength and empathy, then a business will be in profit and not loss in many ways. So I stand by that. And when you look back, you know, across the business community, many, many leaders and management teams are moving towards this way of thinking, that way of running their businesses, and it's paying dividends for them, both literally and figuratively.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned the uh, that a lot of this falls on leadership buy-in. And, and, you know, I would say I would certainly agree, you know, getting an initiative off the ground takes that executive buy-in from, from the start. How do you recommend um, getting an initiative? Like what, what if you're not the, you know, the CEO or C-level or something, how do you, how do you recommend that someone tries to get something like this off the ground?
1: I mean, any action in, in business or any momentum in business has to be driven by evidence. Um, So if you want to have a more purposeful business and, and a more inclusive and collaborative one, then you have to build the business case for that and for social innovation as that's, you know, as you suggest, that's the only way you're going to get some stakeholders on board. If they can see that purpose and they can see that social innovation leads to profit and there's plenty of evidence out there and, and, and a growing body of evidence to prove that it does, then they will move with it because it's in their in their best interests. Um, they'll be more motivated by it, and they'll and they'll put their weight behind it. There's no shame in a de- decent profit in business. I'm I'm absolutely all for that, um, and it's critical for all of us, you know, as a business, as a community, as an industry, and and as a country. But the question is, how principled is that business that's earning that profit? And that's the space, I guess, where we're working, in with the new P and L, is ensuring that that passion and that purpose in the business should and could and can lead to performance and profit.
0: Would you say that that also leads to more sustainable profit as well?
1: Absolutely, because I think you take um, you take a different pro- approach to the way you look at profit. And I think social innovation as a sector and social enterprises as a sector, again, suffer from that term patient capital, which is that it's yeah. suggested that investors who are investing in social innovation have to wait a little bit longer. Um, I would question the whole principle of quick capital anyway and whether, you know, that's part of the problem that we have when we look at some of the big tech businesses and we look at some of the investment community where that Series A funding wants to come back very quickly and then you end up with a business that loses its purpose very quickly because it's focused on meeting those sometimes completely unrealistic financial targets and the purpose gets lost in the process. So absolutely, we build more sustainable businesses. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of the Zebra Manifesto, and, and that's something yeah, that yeah. you know we, we look at more sustainable approaches to business rather than let's go for a unicorn, let's be a unicorn as quickly as we can. And then often you see, and you, know, you and I both know plenty of examples out there, of businesses that then fail because they burn their burn rate is so high because they're trying to get to that rate and they're trying to acquire and buy and buy and buy and try to get to a, to a figure that someone has just decided upon. I think sustainable, longer-term investment is much better over the longer term for both the business, the employees, and those that invest in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit here. And um, the the global pandemic has shined a light on more conscious recognition of things. Um to things that were already happening let's let's discuss this so um you know despite all the struggles and misfortune around us these times how do you use social innovation providing an opportunity to make some improvements in the world around us
1: i mean clearly as you allude to the pandemic is um is a massive milestone in many ways it's shone an uncomfortable light on the fragility of the relationship i think between some businesses and consumers who buy their products and the communities and the businesses they state they serve. Um, and I think it's also flagged up huge structural and systemic inequalities that exist across society when it comes to, to race and economic status. Um, but it's also given businesses, and I think all businesses, a real moment in time and a, a unique opportunity perhaps to, to positively and firmly redefine the values that underpin them the manner and the motivation behind the innovation that drives them and the I guess also the strength and the authenticity of the relationship they hold with with customers and investors and employees and other stakeholders. Because I think moving forward, so many elements of society have become more self-aware and more conscious and I think the investment communities become more conscious as well and shareholders are going to be asking, everyone's going to be asking much more of the companies they engage with So it will take time for companies to change. But I think because of COVID and because of the light it's shone on that fragility, I think the time is gone now when a business leader could just close their eyes to what's going on around them and just focus on product and profit. It may take time, um, but it will change and it has to change. And I think COVID has made a moment in time where it definitively will change however long that, that change takes. And there's, there's so much phenomenal innovation out there in the world today and social innovation in all its various forms, as I highlighted earlier, can can play a key role within that innovation process in helping businesses to both accelerate their innovation focus and their collective purpose and meaning within that business. It can help them rediscover meaning and design a better future for both themselves and for the society they serve. And I, I guess I want to say, you know, it's not, this isn't utopian fluff. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm a pragmatist and a, and a realist, but it's important to be ambitious at the same time. And the world desperately needs companies that are going to have that ambition at the moment.
0: Yeah, agreed. I mean, I I see, and you know, I know we both have, have marketing in our backgrounds, and um, you know, I wrote quite a bit about this in, in a couple of my books, particularly the Agile brand, about this idea of, if for no other reason than connecting better with your customers and then, you know, going a level deeper, connecting better with your employees, yeah. you really do need to understand what your values are and, and um, let alone have some values. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, and, and several years ago, um, you know, decades ago, a decade ago, so on and so forth, this seemed more um it almost seemed like window dressing, and you know, over the over the past few years, I think you know I've been um, encouraged by seeing several companies where you know maybe even their first couple attempts at, you know, whether it's a Super Bowl commercial or this or that, you know, it's it's fallen a bit flat and it's felt a little um, inauthentic. But yeah. you see these companies that have maybe stumbled at first, but are really trying to find. Well, where do they stand? And yeah. you know, it's not just driven by marketing anymore. It's driven yeah. by wh- exactly what you're saying. It's it's shareholders, it's executives, it's employees, it's customers that are really demanding this. And I think it's it's going. We may be on a long road here of of every company doing this, um, you know, in its entirety. But I think we're on a path where it's it's making business sense. And you know what? Just like the the making some kind of good come out of uh, a lot of misfortune in the pandemic, if some good can come out of um, the need for, you know, increased stock prices and all of that, then let's say we're making better companies that are more sustainable with happier people and happier customers.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think just to go back to your point about the, uh, the Super Bowl ads, you know, I, I, I do genuinely believe as on the whole that stakeholders, customers, communities, shareholders, i think they will forgive bumps in the road as companies try to move towards a more purpose driven organisation what they won't forgive is inauthent- uh, inauthenticity you know that, yeah. that that they're trying to do it as you say for a for a marketing veneer or because it seems in vogue at the moment or whatever the case may be i think consumers particularly and and largely driven by social media but not exclusively they can smell inauthenticity incredibly quickly and incredibly well and if you're going to do it invest in it and do it right Um, and you will be forgiven for the bumps when you don't get it quite right and you try again i mean everyone talks about failure and getting up and trying again and and this process is, is no different it's a road to go down but um but you've got to go down it authentically and in order for it to be authentic it has to start from the top from the very very top of that business
0: yeah, yeah, completely agree. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about um, application of Agile, as, as we often do on the Agile world, um, and agility in social innovation. So is it true that if businesses focus more on social innovation, uh, they should promote a more agile process of collaboration and iteration? And if so, how have you seen this work in, in practice?
1: I mean, I think absolutely, if you're doing social innovation right, um, you should be. It should be more inclusive. You should be seeking the opinions of a of a wider group of people um, with different life experiences. Because one of the challenges with social innovation, as is one of the challenges with with all innovation, is if you go into that social innovation with assumptions, and those assumptions rest on the views of a narrow group of either men or women or culture or gender or whatever it happens to be then you may be making the wrong assumptions about the the ultimate target audience for that social innovation in the same way as you see many straightforward product innovations being targeted at the wrong people because the wrong assumptions are being made. So I would say with social innovation, as with any application in business, the agility starts in the mind first before it starts in the process. Um And i think in order for for you to think more with more agility about social innovation we need to stop thinking that social innovation is an adjunct to the normal innovation so to speak that a business would develop social innovation is part of the innovation process of a company so don't think about it as not-for-profit think about it as innovation they could still be profitable like every other product may be profitable Um, But an element of that social innovation will also be supporting the society or the community that that business works within. So companies need to be more agile in their thinking. They need to change their mindset from tacking on social innovation to embracing social innovation and bringing all the collaborative, inclusive, diverse voices into that process. And by bringing those into that process, you create more agility in the business because you have a a wider gene pool from which to to draw uh, creativity, Uh, creativity is a fundamental application for for agility and you create more uh, inclusive nature, more creativity, more excitement, more passion, and more purpose. And all of that leads to a more agile process and a more agile mindset.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I think that makes it uh, more practical. I mean, I think, you know, as we talk about uh, to get more buy-in from from stakeholders and leaders, they need to see some some proof, and you know, having some some practical things um, to to be able to guide that definitely helps. And along those lines, um, you know, in talking about measurement, you know, how do you measure social innovation? I, I know you said it's um, not necessarily think about it different than innovation, but how have you seen you know good ways to measure that to prove then to the the powers that be, so to speak, that, that, that this is working.
1: I think the best way to measure social innovation is exactly the same way that you measure any innovation. You have to develop the business case for it. And there is a business case for everything. If you're developing a product, whatever the innovation is for, you need to develop a business case for it because it still has to serve someone. It still has to be produced profitably. You still have to understand your audience what your KPIs are and what the investment is and what the return's likely to be on that investment. So one way to get over that sort of stunted definition, if you like, that some businesses have is to treat it as a business and develop a business case around it. Um, but in order to do that successfully, you've got to do the hard work at the front end. You know, you've got to ensure that the key stakeholders expectations of that innovation, whether it's social or otherwise, are aligned with the potential for that innovation or initiative and you see that in the the general innovation space all of the time where products don't live up to their expectation because the brief was based on the wrong assumptions so social innovation is no different to any other innovation or any other product development build the business case understand that the expect what the expectations are believe that those expectations are realistic and where's the evidence to support that. Develop the KPIs and understand what your investment in that social innovation is versus the return you're likely to get from it. Do your research like any other innovation, and then businesses will see that social innovation is as profitable and successful as innovation, some as general innovation. Some in social innovations won't work. Some general innovations don't work. Some social innovations will be incredibly successful, and some general innovations are incredibly successful.
0: Yeah great well uh, one last question before we wrap up I know we kind of touched on on some of this earlier but you know as someone whose career has definitely um, been in the communication space and and playing different roles where do you see the the role between the doing and and the talking about you know so in other words the the in the actual innovation within a company and talking about the innovation in a company, like where where do you see the relationship with those, and do you see that evolving over time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a this is a great way to wrap up the conversation. I think because you know effective communication sits at the heart of everything in business, and I think even even more so today. If you can't communicate effectively as a company, if you don't get buy-in either internally or externally. Um, you've got a real challenge. It doesn't matter how great your product is. And, and over the years, I've seen so many great ideas and great people and great businesses nearly fall over because they had everything in line but their communications. And, and today it's an even much more delicate balance because I touched on earlier about social media and the you know, the balance of power has shifted as a result of social media. Consumers have much more power than they once did. Brands have much less power. So it's a much more delicate balance today. And brands have to have much more understanding and empathy and and nuance in their communications. And you don't tell stakeholders anymore, whether it's customers or employees. You have to engage them. You have to give them a reason rather than just tell them what their product is. You have to give them a reason for them to engage with you. So comms is, unfortunately, I think, still hugely underrated within many companies. It's an afterthought, but that's you know, that's got to change. And, and the fundamental question I always asked and have done for 30 years is what's the point of a business doing all of that work, building that business, growing that product, innovating, investing in everything else, if they don't then communicate the value and the benefits of that product effectively? Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. No. That's that's great. Yeah. I wish we could talk a little bit more about this, but no. This has been this has been great. Well. Thanks. Um, thanks for joining the show. For those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing?
1: I mean, to check out the if you want to check out the new PNL podcast, um, go to principlesandleadership dot com. Um, all our contact details are there as well, and you can also link directly into the streaming platforms um, for the new PNL podcast. And If you, anyone wants to get in touch on the new PNL Institute, um, then again, go to Principles and Leadership and just fill in the form, and we'll get straight back in touch with you. But Greg, I want to I want to thank you for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, thanks. It was it was great to great to talk again. And uh, again, I'd like to thank uh, Paul Spires, host of the New PNL Principles and Leadership and Business podcast, and founder of the New PNL Brand Purpose Institute, for joining the show. To learn more about both customer and employee experience, I recommend you go to my website at gregkilstrom.com. Make sure to check out my latest book, The Center of Experience. More information is available on my website or wherever the book is available, like Amazon. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, the Center of Experience from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.